Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the I Just Want to Chat podcast. I'm Mary, and okay, we have kind of a different episode than we normally have. Still good, still pop culture, you know, related, very, very internet-y, but I am joined today by my good friend, Becca Shutt. I feel like good friend, like, doesn't really, like, describe it as well as I want it to. I feel like people say, like, good friend on any random podcast. Becca Shutt is a good freaking friend, and she's here on the podcast today we are going to talk about the Gabby Petito case not really like the case itself but more like the coverage and like the girl bossification of detective work that is happening on TikTok um I feel like that makes it sound kind of cheap but anyway there's much to discuss the discourse is happening and it's making us kind of feel icky so I wanted to talk about that and then later we talk about the Emmys we talk about John Mayer and Jennifer Aniston we talk about Wildest Dreams and Alexander Skarsgård of course and that's about it so stay tuned to be a good one. Hello, everybody. Okay, we are in for a treat. Actually, I don't think that that's like the right descriptor for this because we're talking about a murder, but we, <laughs> we are in for a good discussion. We're in for something good. I have Becca shut here. She's lovely. Hey. She's one of my favorite people. And she is a true crime aficionado. A true crime person. I am what not. What a professional way to put it. You're a professional. <laughs> You're, you've been a professional in the group chat these last couple of days for oh, sure. Thank you. I, not to just begin by talking about myself, but I do not like true crime. I, I don't not like it. I just have never gotten into it. Like I listened yeah. to Serial. I watched and listened to Dirty John. Yeah. And I loosely follow like the Chad Daybell, Lori Vallow case. Okay. So you're dipping your toes. That's, that's where I am with it. I think I got turned off from true crime. Like Serial was riding high. It was like the most popular thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Serial was a good one. But then Making a Murderer came out and everybody was like, Making a Murderer, it's like just like Serial. No. And I watched like the first episode and I was like, I'm so sad. All these people's lives suck. And yeah, like they all have of those people in Making a Murderer were terrible people. And like they were all just, they had no opportunities. Yeah. There was like something not hooked up right mentally. And I was just like, this feels kind of oh gross. yeah and like they all had like yeah. very very low like iqs i mean i don't know if they ever took an iq test but like one would assume <laughs> I, sh- I shouldn't yeah. i shouldn't uh assume I their iq mean, i totally yeah. get what you mean it's just like it kind of felt like gross spectating just to me but like yeah, then again like i'll watch like a little bit of exploitative but like i'll watch any other random crap and i mean and i come on here every single week to talk about like my conspiracy theories about like alexander skarsgård and like people that he might have dated so i'm not saying that i'm like a moral authority and like and i uh you know i definitely am a inappropriate spectator of many things but true crime is just not my jam normally but it is becca's there I dabble. You dabble. How many daily? <laughs> how many episodes of a true crime anything do you consume in a week? In a week? Oh man. Um, you know, it depends. Probably I would say I probably listen to like two or three different true crime shows a week. Okay. 
but I mean, obviously it varies if I find a new one that I'm going to binge it in like two days. So uh, I would say that you're like a, an avid normal listener. I don't think that you're on Reddit boards. No. And I don't, it's not like I listen to it with my kids in the car. I don't like ignore them to listen to true crime podcasts or anything like that. But like, you just like ignore them to do other things, but not true crime. I'm just kidding. You don't ignore your kids. <laughs> She's a good mom. Um, so this week, the Gabby Petito case rocked the world. Yeah. Which I also feel like gross saying that like, hey, now I am using her like for clout and like for attention online. But it rocked the world. Yes. We'll go over like a brief synopsis if because I my instincts say like, oh, everybody's already heard about it. But I feel like a lot of people are like, I've seen this girl's picture everywhere. And like the theories have now gotten like so um, like there's so much content where I feel like people are kind of wondering. Like, oh, it's very start. muddled. Yes. Yeah. It's very watered down. So I do want to kind of give a brief overview of the case and the tragedy. But we're really here to kind of talk more about like the discourse about the case, like the coverage on the case is what I kind of would like to talk about a little bit more because it combines our interests of internet. And and it definitely has kind of made social media just in this last week. I feel like the vision of social media has kind of taken a little bit of a turn. I really think that this, we could get into it in a minute, but I think that from now on, like, class like law classes and yeah you know like uh investigative that's not the right word uh, training investigative for, yeah <laughs> uh, I was like missing like a big syllable there and I didn't know which one I knew exactly what you meant <laughs> training for investigators like everyone's gonna have to kind of look at how this case unfolded and yeah it's just another thing in the world that's going to have to catch up with the modern times of social media because oh, it's not things are not um you know the way they were back in the day so back becca would you day. mind giving a quick um synopsis of the case yes i will do my best um so essentially what happened was and i might not have my dates like 100 percent correct but um from what i understand is Gabby Petito and her boyfriend, Brian Laundrie, um, everybody calls him his, her fiance, but I believe that they were not engaged when they went on their like cross country van trip. So I've seen it a lot as fiance, but I'm like almost 85% sure that it's just boyfriend now. So regardless, Gabby Petito, Brian Laundrie went on this cross country. They're from Florida, went on this cross country road trip in a van that they had turned into one that they were able to live in. Um, And were I don't even know honestly how long they were supposed to be on it, but regardless, they were on this trip. The last time they were seen was Grand Tetons in Wyoming. Um, And then September 1st rolls around and Brian rolls up to his house by himself in his van missing his girlfriend um and what we know is that the last time that she facetimed with her family was august 25th and then the last text message that they received was august 30th um which now we kind of think maybe wasn't her 
but that's you know one mm-hmm. of those long lists of conspiracies that people are getting into um so after brian gets home he doesn't really say anything he will not talk to the family september 11th rolls around and um gabby's parents report her missing so it's been about 10 days since he's been home and there has not been a word from him from what we understand so after that police get involved and they want to talk to him because obviously he was the last person that saw her and there's radio silence like he doesn't want to have anything to do with it he doesn't want to talk to anybody and i think with that I think that essentially is kind of what got the ball rolling for this to become like so viral on social media is that, I mean, this guy was just like stonewalling. Like it was Mm -hmm. insane. You know, he just didn't want to have anything to do with finding this woman that he's supposedly completely in love with. Yeah. Very suspicious. Very suspicious. And I mean, it points the finger to you from day one. Mm -hmm. So so it, it's been what just this past week that everybody's been searching for her everybody's been coming up with these theories and then finally on sunday they found her body well they found a body that matches her description in the grand tetons in wyoming and as of right now brian is either in hiding or no longer with us i'm not going to say he's missing because that would be too nice mm-hmm. He's, and that's what her family gone. said too. He said, yes, the family said Gabby is missing. This was before the news from yesterday when they found a body that, yeah, like I'm pretty much, it's almost like confirmed that it's the body. Like they haven't done the autopsy, but they would have never came out and said condolences to the parents. And, and it sounds like the parents yeah. confirmed it via video or something that I guess that's right. Yeah. Which that like makes my stomach turn. Oh, but, I can't even imagine. I know. Like, ugh, like I can't even think about it. But um, that, like they had said, like, Brian is hiding. Gabby is missing. Like, don't say that yeah. Brian is. Yeah. Because it almost kind of stamps on what's going on with her to make mm-hmm. it, to make the insinuation that he's missing and potentially in distress. Yes. Like, and- we don't want him to be in distress because we want answers, but we don't want to cater to him. Mm-hmm potentially being like some kind of a victim because he's not amen and i don't want to get like too deep into the theories and everything but there was a very yeah they're insane um development and we'll be this is kind of like the crux of our conversation just like social media's role in all of this and for the most part social media's role has just been like people speculating and like getting the word out and all these true crime people and like not not mm-hmm. like the legitimate true crime people who like have like some experience in this and have been like making a career out of this and like are experienced yeah. podcast experienced podcasters but yeah you know what you i mean look at the ones like crime junkie morbid yeah. my favorite murder i'm sure has done something on it mm-hmm. like all of yeah i get what you mean like those kinds of podcasts yeah. it makes sense for them to be spreading awareness but like these people that start with like 500 followers on tiktok and they're like, I'm just doing this to spread awareness, but like they're posting like 17 videos a day and like they're going yeah. over like her Spotify playlists and stuff. Yeah. A little invasive and yucky. Very invasive. Yes. Gross. There yeah. was. So kind of like the. Um, what led to them finding the body was there was this YouTube vlogger couple like they were like married and stuff, I think. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Like they had a child. But they were basically doing the same thing, right? Yeah, like they, they were, were traveling. Like van lifers. And they were traveling through the Grand Tetons. Um, and which, by the way, I just realized that it was pronounced Grand Tetons. For some reason, I always thought it was like Grand Tentons, which, <laughs> which <laughs> that's cool for me. Like when I first kept like hearing people say that, I thought, oh, wow, these idiots are pronouncing it wrong. It's definitely Grand Tentons. <laughs> so there's there's me, guys. Um so this other vlogging couple, they were passing through the Grand Tetons and they remember seeing another van similar to theirs with a Florida license plate. And they thought, weird, they're also from Florida. So like they had kind of remembered it. And then when all of this news was coming out because the awareness was spread, they said, hey, didn't we see that van? Then they looked through their footage. They found some B-roll footage with the van in it. And whatever else in it, which people are speculating on, yeah, has either been debunked or and then some people have debunked the debunking and I don't know. Yeah. We can get into it. But that revelation of like where the van was, because there were two days where the authorities didn't know where they were, right? The 26th and the 27th. Her last FaceTime was the 25th. And then he went hitchhiking with those people on the 29th. Yeah, around there, around there. Yeah, Yeah. it had to have been within that because he was home by September 1st. Yeah. And so they were trying to figure out where they were for those two days. They found the van. The um, the authorities went out to where the van was, and then that's where they ended up finding the body. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, first of all, how It's such a double... Oh, it's awful. It's so sad. But also how crazy that the internet really did play a role in leading them to the body because who knows yeah. how long it could have taken because they oh, didn't absolutely. even know if they were supposed to be searching in wyoming right yeah because they had covered so much area and you know they got into that dispute in moab mm-hmm. and that was like a huge part of it and a huge part of this case because you know it goes on to the other murder of that married couple and you know thinking there was some correspondence so you know a lot of people thought that she could have been in moab but i think it was yeah i think the fact that they had covered so much ground in so little time, I assume as like an investigator or like someone searching for her, it had to have been so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Like I can't imagine that they would have been led to the body that quickly if that YouTube no. couple hadn't figured it out. So yes, this is kind of our conversation. So yeah, I wanted to talk about like social media's role and yes, like social media has played a good part in this. There was also like another lead, um, that girl that like had taken Brian hitchhiking or like he had like hitchhiked in their car. She was like, she saw the coverage about it online and then said, Hey, that guy like drove in my car and was able to alert authorities and that helped them out. Yes. Um, so there has been positives, but there has been a lot of clout grabs. Oh, it's such a double-edged sword. It's crazy. And I understand reporting and I understand speculating and I know that things are natural, but what kind of um, really like sent me over the edge makes me sound like I'm like very like emotionally attached to this and I'm not. But this morning I was scrolling through Twitter and there was a screenshot of an Instagram. I posted it on my Instagram of somebody who had like, been giving constant Gabby updates and they made an account for Gabby updates 
-hmm. and they like all of the pictures on the their grid are all like pastel colored cute font pictures and it says like body found or like brian on the run remains found remains confirmed and it's just yeah really gross seeing it like over like a pastel instagram aesthetic background with like cutesy font yeah how why are you trying to make murder aesthetically pleasing and to like just like grow your brand yeah and again i understand that there are people who do this and and i mean like in not even like that much disrespect to people who are like trying to gain a following aren't we all you know but (laughs) yes aren't we all (laughs) but it does a lot of it does like seem like really inappropriate I've seen um and it's like one thing to just kind of like retell the facts and do kind of like mild speculation like oh like this is probably what happened or trying to piece a puzzle together yeah like deep diving into her Spotify playlist that people have been doing or I keep seeing these videos where it's like guys I found this book that Brian was obsessed with and it was about like being obsessed with this woman and like she goes missing. So you go missing with her and blah, blah, blah. When really like the book is about like aliens, like. Yeah. And really, if he did like that book, does that mean all of us that watched you are going to be murderers? No. Even. Yeah. I I was about to make a bad joke and then I stopped myself. (laughs) So I'm so proud of myself. For stopping before I um, said it out loud. Anyway, not only because it wouldn't have uh, been tasteful, but because it wouldn't have been funny. Um, I you text it to me uh, if I remember. <laughs> and like for example, there's a difference between sharing and retelling news and yes. spreading misinformation. Which I mean, you could say that with so many things in our lives right now, and that's kind of like yeah. the story of the internet, like. Are you sharing content responsibly? Are you talking about things responsibly? Are you helping or hurting causes, you know? Yeah. And I think exhibit A would be um, House and Habit. Have you seen any of her coverage? Yes. I, I, yes. I have a hard time with House and Habit. I Mainly am... because it's very, it's not news as much as it is like personal bias. And I get like, if that is your personal Instagram, you can post whatever the heck you want. But don't pass it off as news. Yeah, don't present it like as fact. I have long had a weird relationship with House and Habit. Before she like got really into the Britney stuff, she did have like these celebrity deep dives where I learned a lot. She has. I a, love her celebrity deep. She has dives. a really good Mary Kate and Ashley one. She yes. has a really good um, uh, JFK Jr. highlight, which like I never. That knew. one was so good. I never knew anything about him. I didn't know anything about that whole story. And I, she has like a good Winona Ryder one, a good Amy Winehouse one, I think yeah. was hers where I saw the Amy. Oh, anyway. And then she did get like a little off the rails talking about Meghan Markle. I yeah, do she not mean to Meghan Markle. She's very, very pro-royal, very, very, very mean and anti Meghan Markle. Yeah. And we do not tolerate Meghan Markle slander. Not, not even for a second. And then she got into the Britney stuff and she's actually been very like helpful in the Britney situation. And like, she was yeah. like allowed in the courtroom and getting the word out there and stuff. I think she's been helpful there, but so she's grabbed yeah. onto this Gabby case. And she also, 
I mean, people are allowed to believe whatever they want to believe. Yes. She does tend to lean towards the conspiracy mindset on a lot of things, um, like health issues, if you know what I mean. Um, like yep. when it comes to like global pandemics and whatnot. Just, you know, like mm-hmm. little things like that. Um, yeah, blips. Yeah, d- just a pandemic. It's fine. Um, but so her coverage with Gabby started very innocent and then it has now gone to like here's what his pinterest page has there's a person with a gun in the background and she's very very adamant that there's a connection between the married couple that um was murdered in moab she's like adamant that there is a connection in that one video where it pans um where they found the van like that youtube couple found the van and people were like you could see him with a shovel in the background and I'm like, oh, coming out of the woods. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's, um, you know, when uh, maybe you didn't have this experience, but I feel like when I was younger, everybody was obsessed with saying that like somebody hung themselves in the background of Wizard of Oz. Did you ever hear that? No. Okay. For some reason, that was a very popular theory amongst the third graders and fourth graders that I knew growing up. My, okay. And it was always like, one of the little people like hung themselves in the background of the wizard of Oz and you could like, look and you're it supposed up. to like be able to see it or something. And you can look it up and you can see it. And there's like oh. other people that supposedly died on set. And it was like so easily debunked, but then people are like, no, you're debunking it. That's a conspiracy. You can clearly see it. I'll post it in my Instagram story. Yeah. Nobody, nobody died. It's, it's a, a lie. But any of it, people became so, obsessed with the fact that they could see this person supposedly like hanging in one of the munchkin scenes anyway i feel like it's a i'm gonna tell you what you're gonna see i you're gonna see somebody shoveling stuff in the background yeah but then like google images has confirmed that that person like shoveling things in the background was like a tree stump yeah but then people are saying like no the google image was edited on this day and people are saying like Brian went live on Instagram for oh, two for minutes two seconds on a boat. Or two seconds. Yeah. Or like he was seen at firehouse subs or in it. Yeah. In Walmart. like was it Alabama or something. And then yeah. there was like, Oh, there's yeah. There was one that stuck out to me that house and habit posted today. There's a few actually. And the first one has something to do with the Walmart conspiracy that they were like, Oh yeah. They found a dead body at Walmart. Didn't say which Walmart it was. Didn't say if it was the one he was seen at. And then, I mean, unfortunately, it was a homeless man. So mm-hmm. that's very sad for him. And, like, that's heartbreaking for his family. But the fact that they, like, were using that for, like, oh, this could be Brian. This could be Brian. Mm-hmm. It's like, guys, just give it a rest. And it's just, like, one, my big concern is it, is it interfering with a real investigation? Like, yes, everybody could be, like, girl boss detectives and get yes. like really into this and stuff but like people are flooding the fbi hotline or, you're like, girl bossing too stuff. close to the sun right now guys. too close to the sun and so like that's a concern of mine another concern is like i just imagine like being gabby's family and one like getting false hope every time oh, someone's like yeah. oh he was seen at firehouse subs two just getting like your life and your daughter's life like dissected like this when really 
And in like a she week's was killed. time. She was murdered. They just found out about it yesterday. Yeah. And like, yes, the media attention did bring them to the body. So it is like, it is a double-edged sword. I feel like we've said that like a bunch of times this episode. Yeah. But there is a fine line between help helpful and like disrespectful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like and in I my think- mind, like pastel Canva body was found things in aesthetic it's icky. font is icky it's icky. going on tiktok and doing like 400 posts a day being like do you think that um the scratches that he had on him like just speculating like, crap yeah or like when they said i think one was like oh well in this picture he's wearing this certain necklace but in the next picture he's not could she have ripped it off? It's like, at this point, who cares? Yeah. He murdered her and her family now has to live with this reality. And like super disgusting um, dissections of her mental health and like things that she's been diagnosed yeah. with and stuff. It's like, 2021. We all have mental health, guys. Yes. We all like, have mental health issues. Truly armchair experts coming on being like, oh, well, people with OCD, like kind of like act like this. So this is what I think. He probably snapped because she was like so crazy. And like being in the car with somebody with OCD that long, like he snapped at this point, and then this is what this happened. It's like, and then it becomes excusing the crime. And yeah, it's like okay, so disgusting. cool. Like we're making any kind of like justifications for him. Yeah, I don't know. It's almost like yeah, this is almost turning into a spectacle for people's entertainment versus like an actual crime that happened to a real person. And that's where, like, I read a really good article today that BuzzFeed actually just put out and they had interviewed um, a girl that lived in the same town as these girls who they're called the Slender Man killings. And basically Mm -hmm. they, yeah, yeah, you know. So she lived in the same town and then she was kind of interviewing, she was kind of interviewed about um, kind of how true crime is, affects you when you're very close to it. And she said, it's awful. She was just talking about how frustrating it is because it really feels like these people are using it for their own entertainment and they're not respecting that this woman had a life. She had a family, she had friends, she had, you know, 50, 60 years ahead of her that were taken Mm -hmm. away. And now it's become a group, a Facebook group of 75,000 people to sit and post whatever they want about her with no repercussion. It truly this seems like a big stretch. It almost feels like the Hunger Games almost, where it's just like you're watching these horrible tragedies, like almost for sport. And I love- Yeah, I could see that analogy for sure. I love um, internet culture. I love, like, it sounds so dumb to be like, I love memes, which like, that's a dumb sentence. But they're but, a daily part of our lives. They're like, but they I do fully integrated into our lives. love- following something crazy that's happening and getting together with everybody as john mulaney how how many times have we talked about the john mulaney thing because it's so insane insane. you know and we're all getting together and and i heard that he just like did a um like a stand-up bit where he was like you know that your public perception is weird when reviews are mixed about you having a baby with the person that you love and i was like oh that that is true that word that sucks that's true like that that kind of sucks that like you're excited and you're having a baby and but it's like reviews are mixed sorry don't yeah. know if you should be having the baby but, but also don't know if you should be saying you love olivia munn right now 
all of it is very that's a different scary. tangent <laughs> i would a hope tangent for a different day honestly i feel like if i was having a baby with somebody they better tell me that they love me even if they like don't mean it i feel like yeah. if i'm going through the pregnancy you better like fuck up and be like great <laughs> i don't know you're the best you're the best what a sacred <laughs> vessel you are i love you man wow um forget how i got on the topic oh just like we all get together and we watch these things happen very often they're downfalls Mm -hmm. of people it's the reason why bird a la mode has a hundred thousand followers on instagram oh my gosh 97 percent of them fake and then the other three three thousand are just all of us being like hate watching yes because there is something voyeuristic about coming together as a community and snarking and it's not great it's a stain on our moral fabric or whatever, but it, it yeah. exists and I like it and I participate yeah. in it and I'm not above it. And I Same. know that, but Same. when it comes to murder and like a body that hadn't even really like decomposed that much where they're able to immediately like identify her. That's her. Yeah. It's, we all need to take yeah. some pause, I think. Moral yes. of the story, we need to take some pause and share things only if they are um, verifiable or very strongly not insane. Yes. And not, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, as someone who does consume a lot of true crime, I think being picky about where you consume your true crime is important. And also you know, understanding that there is a separation that yes, you're listening to this for entertainment, but at the same time, like, I feel like I learned things or like it does, it can like make you feel some certain kind of emotion. You know, there have been like cases that I've listened to that have hit me really hard and like, they're so sad and I'm like heartbroken by it. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's like informative and it teaches you like with the whole Chris Watts case, I asked my husband, I was like, Hey, if you ever want to like divorce me, just divorce me. Don't kill me. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, just do just, it. You don't just as a heads up. Just don't murder me. Yeah. Just go ahead and divorce me instead. Yeah. I would much prefer. Much prefer <laughs> so that. yeah. Just teaching me life lessons yeah. as I go. Um, I forgot to say that I was very into the um Gypsy Rose case. That was yeah, also that a one true was crime. that one was bonkers. But other than those ones, but and that's those are things like that just don't happen. And those were all very like accessible true crime things. Like, I think yes. I probably just listed like the most like popular three, you yeah. know, as my ones I'm into. But anyway, I'm sure that Florence Pugh is already being tapped to be Gabby in some kind of movie. And I can see it. I love her though. It's What's okay. Anna Sophia Robb doing these days? She <laughs> she looks. What is she going like to be Gabby. doing in 2022? probably close to nothing and she's probably on the phone with everybody right now like if the if the gabby petito movie is being made she wants to be a anna sophia rob needs a call yeah she must be i wonder how old that do you know who i'm talking about i'm googling it right now you'll know her when see, you see her violet boulevard from um from uh willy wonka and the chocolate factory that's i didn't know she was still doing things and she was Carrie in the Carrie Diaries. And... Oh, yes. Okay, she is darling. I actually really like her. But she looks like her, kind of. Yeah, That's what I, I can keep see thinking. It. But she must yes. be, like, close to 30 now. Because she was always... 27, yeah. Yeah. 
She's only a year older than me. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, or Dove Cameron. Somebody's on hold trying to get in on this movie deal. Yeah. I'm sure it will be a Netflix thing about like influencer culture. Wait, real quick, before my laptop dies. This was an added layer that I've wanted to know about. I'm actually, we're going to take a quick pause. We'll hop out. Um, is the framing of this case, I feel like people have kind of dropped the influencer aspect of it. But the first like couple of days, it was like influencer missing, YouTuber missing. Yeah. Because that was like a glamorous title. But you can confirm that she didn't really have a huge following beforehand, right? No, no, she didn't. I, I noticed, I think it was last Monday or Tuesday, I went and looked at her profile because that's what you do in 2021. Mm-hmm. If something goes, somebody goes missing, if somebody dies, you go and you look at their social media. It's mm-hmm. human flaw. So I went and looked at it and it was, I think the last, I specifically remember like 11.6 thousand or something around that ballpark. So not a ton, right? And then I looked today and she's up to 870,000 followers. Which... It's confusing not to be too morbid. It's confusing. She's probably not. That that sounds even rude to say it like that. She's not going to be posting anymore because she's no longer with us. No. And I think, though, I think a lot of it comes with. I think when like crazy things happen like this, people have this. Almost like innate, like. They want to be a part of it. They want to be a part of it. And it's like almost like subconscious, like they just can't help it. Mm-hmm. Like I looked at, you know, there are some like people that I'm mutual friends with on Instagram that follow her. And I just, I'm like, why? Like, but then, you know, you think of any kind of like, you think of like any influencer, you bring it up and someone somewhere, one out of 30 people will say like, oh, I know this influencer through this person or this degree Mm -hmm. of separation or my cousin dated her brother-in-law you know something like that like like everybody wants to be a part of something big whether or not you actually say it or not you know you have this kind of innate need to be in the mix and and just be in it and I think that's why it's been such a big thing that our Instagram has has grown like that Mm -hmm. because yeah like you said like there's there's nothing to watch in there you know where if you know if we fast forward three days and we say that you know we hope that she comes back we're not going to find out about that on her instagram profile we're going to find out about that through other means it's very the whole thing is very strange and i keep seeing like pictures shared and stuff where it's like Gabby changed the world and all this stuff. I'm just like, I mm-hmm. I feel like that's almost even like disrespectful too. Cause like you didn't, you, you didn't know, know her. Yeah. Like I feel like if was. I was her real friend or her family or something, I'd be thinking like, you're, why are you trying to get in on this? Like we're mourning yeah. the loss Absolutely. of our friend, daughter, family member, cousin, whatever. Yes. But then like random, she touched the world. And it's like, I, yeah. Some dude from Oregon's like, oh man, Gabby's the best. It's like, you didn't know who she was until a week ago so it's just it's it's voyeuristic at best distasteful and inappropriate at um you know probably just in general anyway i think it's gonna shape i think it's gonna shape how social media 
and I think not just social media in general, because that's so broad, because anything can change social media. But I think, you know, I think it's going to change the way that a lot of people conduct the way they go about social media. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know if it's going to be for better or for worse, but it will be kind of interesting to find out. Amen. And, and I think that really like going forward, social media is going to have to take a bigger role in these cases and it's going to have to be like taken more seriously. I remember when the, um, the Paul Swenson, Ashley Swenson case thing was going on and the authorities wouldn't even like listen to anything from social media, which turned out to be a good thing because all of it was just yes. baloney, all you of, know, yeah. and it was insane. They, they found him in like a horrible spot and nobody had really yeah. known nowhere near anywhere. Yeah. But like the, the, um, the authorities wouldn't even like open up the tip line to people. Like if they couldn't verify that they had a direct connection to him. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I think too, going back to like that YouTube couple, I'm sure I'm talking your ear off. I'm so sorry. Um, never, but you know, I, in part of that Buzzfeed article that I was reading, they were, they had mentioned this, this video that's just been everywhere now. Um, and I know that like authorities were saying, you know, it would have been really great to get this first instead of us getting the YouTube video that has a 14 minute commentary on it. Yeah, you know, and that again goes back to: Are you really doing it because you feel like it's the right thing, or are you doing it to be a part of the commentary? Because yeah. they could have just easily have been like, "Hey, we have this footage. Here you go, police officers," and no, not have said anything about it. But they felt the need to be involved and make sure that everybody knew that they were involved. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well. I feel like all we could say is hopefully Brian's alive and they find him. I feel like if they don't find him in the yes. next three days, he's dead. And, and yeah, this, and this poor Probably girl's eaten family, by a crocodile alligator, whatever this, lives in Florida. This poor girl's family is never going to have any closure or justice or anything, which no. like that, like I want him. Cause I mean, we could we assume it's to be him. held accountable. Yeah. We want him to be held accountable. And we want answers. Yeah. And I do want to officially rule out the fact that he wasn't involved in the Moab thing. Not to yeah. sound too conspiracy about it, but I mean, I I just want all the information to be laid out, especially because that other yeah. Moab one is like such a cold case where they're like, oh, such a cold. Yeah. They, they like, got shot. Him, and, then who? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I want him to be brought to justice, but I think if I just feel like if he's not found in the next couple of days, he's yeah. We're, I, we're never I, gonna get I, hope, I mean, we didn't even get into like how shady his parents have been. But Throw the book I at hope him. That if yeah, I hope they're held accountable. And I want to. This is like again where my lack of crime knowledge comes in or doesn't come in. I don't know what they could be charged with, like aiding and abetting or what. If yeah, if they can prove that they helped him leave, it could be aiding and abetting. But um, mostly, I mean, right now, mostly just obstruction of justice. If they were lying to police officers or blocking them from being able to get any information in a huge murder case, like that's complete obstruction of justice. That makes that makes me so sick, sick too. I could hear Becca's husband laughing. Sorry, in he's the watching background. Parks and Rec. Oh my goodness. I thought that he just was laughing at you. Um, Elle Woodsing over here. 
you know, you know, on my way to get my law degree. Yes. Or were you one of the people who were like her roots? Her roots were not touched no. up in that picture. No, I did. I did see Elle Woods of Twitter, though, who did think that. Well, big day for Elle Woods of Twitter and big day for the people on TikTok that have gained so much from something so horrible. But anyway, yeah. Becca. Thank you so much for walking us through this. Thank you for, for having me. Helping me I'm through honored. this. Can you um, tell everybody uh, where to find you on Venmo? <laughs> That's a great question. I think it's Becca Dashet. I have no idea. I, I will link it um, in the description of today's pod. If you valued Becca's input at all, you know, she's on there. She could be found on Venmo if you need to reach out to her, just to send That's her it. something. I've got know. preschool to pay for you know just set, pay for send her your commentary in the um comment send section. me your opinions with a five dollar donation yeah i i have to say something horrible i've always tried to be like the comedian in my venmo descriptions and then i just recently found out that all my descriptions have been sent privately like oh, all yeah. my transactions I purpose and i should i shouldn't be trying to like do a stand-up that stand-up act while i'm giving people like but you know now that like people that humor is just between the two of you and you guys can share it. I only do things for attention, actually. So <laughs> I'm not like I'm not like you. I don't um I don't know what it's like to have like intimate moments of friendship where you just like kind of keep it between yourselves. Um, but I love that for you. Anyway, everybody, thank you so much. And now we will go on to the second part of today's show. Thank you guys. Bye. All right. Bye. Okay. Now it is just me just me wasn't becca lovely though she is one of my favorite people and she is the reason why i have anything anything that i wear on my face is from her recommendation so like the reason why any of my makeup matches and looks like how it is kind of supposed to on my face is because of becca and her recommendations so big shout out to becca not only is she you know a great person to talk to about murder great person to, um, she's a great person to have walk you through a Sephora. It's, uh, it's one of her many talents. So anyway, thank you so much to Becca for coming on. And there's really not like that many things to talk about today, but there were a few things I just wanted to hit very quickly. Um, a couple of things rocked my world this week. Number one, we could talk about the Emmys very quickly. A disappointing night overall, I think. Um, but I think that's because I haven't watched Ted Lasso. I have decided I'm going to give Ted Lasso another try. What's weird about me is I'm so quirky. I'm so quirky. I'm so weird. Um, but like kind of what's weird about me is I love, you know, like pop culture and I love TV. I love movies, but a lot of these heavy hitters like Ted Lasso and Schitt's Creek, I've tried to watch and I just haven't like really gotten into. Schitt's Creek, I'm pretty resigned to like, I'm just never going to like it. I've tried it multiple times. I've given it like the four or five episodes that people say to give it. I, it just doesn't, I, I don't drive with it. Um, but like somehow I like, I know all of the cultural references. So like when somebody quotes it, I'm like, yes, you David, I, I, I get it, you know, fold, fold in the cheese. I get it. Um, but also I haven't really watched Ted Lasso. My husband and I, we gave it an, like one episode and then we gave up on it, and then I didn't have an Apple TV login anymore after that, so I still, I think I've resigned myself to try it one more time, because it does seem like not only is it funny, but it's, it's like heartfelt, and you know, I have a heart, I have a heart, and I like to feel things, so maybe I'll give it a try. 
But anyway, the Emmys were basically a disappointing night because a lot of the um, so-called, like, locks for the night, like, winners, a lot of the people that were definitely supposed to win, maybe I shouldn't say a lot, but many of the people that were supposed to win, um, you know, didn't. Sorry, I got cut off, but there were a few notable ones. Number one, everybody assumed that Michael K. Williams was going to win. Um, he had passed away earlier this month, but I think kind of like the consensus was even if that wasn't in play, um, that he would have won anyway. Like he was already favored to win this, um, before he like unf unfortunately overdosed in the beginning of the month. Um, but Tobias Menzies won for like his second season in the crown, which yes, it was his final season, but very odd that he won. And I, I, I personally, I can't look at Tobias Menzies. I know that he did a great job in the crown, but as an outlander lover, cannot look at Blackjack Randall in anything anymore, ever, ever. I don't want to see him. I just don't want to see him. And I'm glad that he wasn't there to like, you know, accept the award. Um, but congratulations to Blackjack Randall. May you uh, have a great time with that Emmy. Um, but yeah, that was kind of like a weird one because everybody expected Michael K. Williams to win it. And then another weird toss-up was um, Olivia Coleman winning, which again, it was her last season. She played the queen twice. She's not going to be playing it again. She's like passing the baton to someone else. But Emma Corrin, who this is like her only season of The Crown, and she kind of was, you know, like the it girl of last season playing Diana. She, everybody kind of suspected that she would win, would win. But no, that surprised everybody. Surprised everyone. And then also Ewan McGregor winning for best supporting in a limited series over Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany was supposed to be a lock and then he lost. Ewan McGregor won it and that was like a big shock, you know? And then <sighs> I knew it wasn't going to happen. I knew that Hamilton was going to win over Bo Burnham, but when it happened, it was still just so bizarre. It never made any sense to me them being able to be nominated for so many Emmys. Like, I get it, but also I just really don't. And in that same vein, I don't understand why they were all, the whole cast of Hamilton was able to be nominated in all of the categories under movie when they were entered under Variety Special, but Bo Burnham, who should have won the whole thing, wasn't able to be submitted in the acting category in a Variety Special, even though, like, Lin-Manuel Miranda was able to be nominated in that category even though they both were in variety specials. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Bo Burnham should have... I can't... Like, yes, Hamilton did change all of, our, all of our lives. But it changed all of our lives in 2016. Maybe 2017. Inside, Bo Burnham has changed my life in, in ways I cannot even describe. I still listen to the whole soundtrack at least, like, once a day. Again, does that say big things about me and my mental health? Probably. But we're just going to roll with it. And I love it. And I love him. 
and I wish that he would have won, but I'm glad that he did make an appearance. And also another like bummer of the night, I think, was that stupid director that went up and um, gave like a three minute long acceptance speech. What a D-bag. I hate him. He, especially like the fact, I was talking to Taylor Tucker about this because she like produces TV news. He knows, since he's a director, he knows how much goes into producing a show, right? And so he wins for best directing. And then he goes up and he speaks for three minutes. And the music keeps coming on. He goes, no, the music, no, no. And he cuts the music off and then he keeps going. Then the music comes again. Just let me finish. And then they turn the music off. And then they turn the music back on again. And he tries to cut that off. And it's like, why are you more important than anybody else? And sorry to break it to you. You're not as important as everybody else here. Like nobody, out of all the awards of the night that people really didn't care about, the directing for a limited or anthology series award, um, it was probably, we probably didn't care about that one as much. No disrespect to him, but also all disrespect to him because he was disrespectful and I don't like him. I don't like him. Anyway, was there anything else from the Emmys? Conan O'Brien losing, also a bummer. Every time they talked about Norm Macdonald, I cried. Um, but you know, overall, a good night, an okay night for fashion, an okay night for my Emmy, uh, ballot every year on the, I just want to chat Facebook group. We, anybody who wants to enter as a competition this year, you had to enter in with $5, um, to potentially win the whole prize. And I think I only got nine or 10 awards, right? And then the winner who was Taylor got 12. Um, Nicole Keel was our, was our first runner up with 11 points. I just made a couple bad calls. I went with my heart with Conan. I shouldn't have went with my heart with Conan. And I also, what was the one that I really missed out on that I shouldn't have? I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Anyway, those were the Emmys. Yay. Sorry. I feel like that whole segment was rather boring. Um, but we're just going to roll with it. Um, another notable thing that happened to me this week was, uh, John Mayer posted on his Instagram story. You guys know that I love John Mayer. He's a problematic fave, but I don't even think he's problematic anymore. And I know that people will hate on me for saying that, but I think that he has changed. I believe him when he changed, when he says that he's changed and he's reformed and he's thought of things and whatnot. I believe him, you know, I think he's put in some work. If he shows me some, like, if something comes up where he is problematic again, then he'll probably, you know, kind of lose me. But love him as of right now. Uh, one of the honeys of my life. But he posted on Instagram this weekend a PR package that he got from Jennifer Aniston. If Ben and Jen were able to reunite, I think we deserve a John and Jen reunion. I don't think that that would be great for Jennifer Aniston, so maybe I shouldn't wish that upon her, especially. Like, I don't think that John Mayer should be legally allowed to go from, like, 24-year-old Cassie David to, you know, best actress in the world, Jennifer Aniston. Best actress meaning, like, most popular, probably. Um, that wouldn't really be fair or legally just, but... 
A thrill went down my spine. She sent him a PR package from her new hair care company. He posted it and just said, like, good stuff. This is really good stuff. And I just... The possibilities. I went and I listened to In Your Atmosphere, which was his song about her. Went and listened to it after and I said, you know what? What a world. What a world that could have been if he just, you know, kept it in his pants and didn't uh, ruin the relationship that way. Anyway, um, so that was a notable thing that happened to me this week. And then the last thing I want to mention is uh, what the heck is going on with Taylor Swift. I feel like theorizing about Easter eggs now is useless and pointless, you know, after like the whole third mystery album situation and the 1989 rollout, like people thought that we were going to get that in the summer and then we didn't. This week, after the Wildest Dreams trend was trending on TikTok, she decided to release her Taylor's version of the song so, you know, she could get get that money, um, which good on her glad that she did that that was savvy that's what the re-records are for but in the video where she announced that wildest dreams taylor taylor's version was coming out there was like a glitch in the video like obviously like an edited in glitch and she was seen kind of in a 1989 vibe wildest dreams is from 1989 even though red is supposed to be coming out in november and then she does like this like knowing wink she also had winked earlier when she was in red. But I feel like I'm getting too deep on the timeline right now. When Fearless was rolling out, there was this clip. You know how, like, you listen to songs on Spotify and then artists can put little, like, boomerang-type things in the background? She had, in one of the backgrounds of one of the songs, had herself in her red album photo shoot for the re-record outfit and she like did a wink in there to let people know that red was coming next and now she just did this wink again and then the glitch happened so some people are theorizing that the glitch means 1989 is actually going to going to come a lot sooner than we think and possibly before red but also that doesn't make sense because this is a money-making thing and she wants all the pre-orders and she wants all the whole thing and she wants to make it like an extra era. So I don't know what to think. The Wildest Dreams re-record is very good. It's crisp. I think that that's a word that everybody is using. It's not very different where like with Fearless, you were really able to pinpoint the differences. But less time has passed since Wildest Dreams, you know? And now, um, it just does sound like more crisp and nicer. And also, I think it's a good time to bring up the discourse that that song is indeed about Alexander Skarsgård. And yes, this is another Alexander Skarsgård theory that I have, but it's actually kind of a popular one. Although I do think I, like, thought of it before a lot of people on the internet, but that's okay. I, I won't bring it up again because last time I got in trouble. Um, with, you know, my Alexander Skarsgård theories, but... Really, the whole description of him in the song fits, but back in the day, when she was recording 1989, she was down where? In Africa, with Alexander Skarsgård, filming the movie The Giver. Like, she had, like, two scenes in that movie, I think. And then he played, like, the dad in that movie with Katie Holmes. That's where his, like, Katie Holmes kind of romance thing started. Anyway... It was rumored that they were together, they were seeing like walking out of dinner together, etc. 
flash forward. 1989 comes out. She has an interview. She talks about Wildest Dreams and she says, Wildest Dreams is about somebody that I actually didn't date. And back when the pictures came out, they both publicly said, oh, we're not dating. We're not dating each other. But she was seen like leaving. It, it's kind of complicated because it's like, oh, she was seen leaving his hotel, but it's probably the same building that they were all put up in, you know? But she was seen leaving there. They were seen in the car together a few times. But then the music video takes place in where? Africa. And it's of a brunette movie star. She was brunette in the movie. And it's just kind of about like a little romance while filming a movie. And just like the lyrical description, so tall and handsome as hell. That is him. That's Alexander Skarsgård. So anyway, while you're listening to the new Taylor Swift Wildest Dreams re-record, think of um, my last podcast or a couple podcasts ago where I talked about how he, uh, you know, screwed everybody over and inspired Fine Line. And not only did he inspire Fine Line, he inspired Wildest Dreams. Wow, his cultural impact. And his cultural impact is only going to continue next week or next month when he uh, stars in Succession. The new trailer came out that has also rocked my world. And it looks like he will be in an episode or two. I'm real excited about it. Okay, I think that that's where we're going to end it. I know that this episode was kind of all over the place, but there were just a few things I wanted to talk about, and I really did want to have that conversation with Becca. And I'm so glad that she came on. I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky that she gave us our time. She's so great. Um, so yeah, I just want to thank everybody for listening today. If you would like to subscribe to the podcast, that would be so cool. Thank you so much. It really helps out the pod. Um, and then follow us on Instagram. I am uh, hustling on there. I'm hustling. Is it working? I don't know. Um, but you can follow us at, at I just want to chat podcast. You can follow us on TikTok. I'm really hustling on there at I just want to chat podcast. Um, and join our Facebook group. It is so much fun. And as award season is coming up, there will be a lot of like award competitions, competitions, just like we did with the Emmys. It'll be so much fun. So just search for I just want to chat. It will pop up. I'll let you in and it will be so much fun. So anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode as weird and as uh, out of character as it actually was. So thank you so much. And we will be back. We will be back next week. All right. Bye.